Hey, beautiful mama, and welcome to Bell and Beyond. I'm your podcast host, Katie, a mama of one little legend, Hunter, and we have been on the most wild health journey ever. My son was born and diagnosed with a cleft lip, and I want to share with you how I was empowered through it all. This podcast is for mums or soon-to-be mums and dads. Feel free to jump in too. It's a place to debunk the many motherhood myths that leave us feeling confused, lost, and misguided. I want you, mama, to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and educated to make choices that feel right for you and your family. My heart is to see mamas connecting back to their roots and being exposed to ancient wisdom with modern day education. I'll be bringing you open and real conversations around topics we are not talking about enough with people passionate about seeing you, mama, thrive from the belly and beyond. Welcome back to another episode of Berlin Beyond. I am so excited for you to meet Tash today. Tash has gone on the most beautiful, deep self-discovery in the last two years, particularly where two years ago after exiting Married at First Sight, she felt really low season and actually attempted to commit suicide. And she got through that and seeked help and love and found herself really assessing her life and where she was at. She then found herself and got a, got more of that positive energy back and started to really focus. And then she, her mentioned in the episode, had a bit of a hard breakup and found herself back partying in November last year, tempted with all the things and we've all been there. And we know what that feels like when you just hit that low point again, and you find yourself leaning back towards the vulnerable places and sometimes tempted by the things that we know aren't good for our life, but we're just in such a low place that we fall back into those places again. And that is where she hit her absolute strength and boldness and courage to create this incredible life for herself. She ended up going sober. She met the most amazing man who she's due to marry in March next year. She's radically changed her life. She's launching two businesses. She's a story of absolute overcoming and succeeding against all odds. Most of my questions today are all focused around who she is as a person, how she overcome, what she anchored to, what are her beautiful now morning habits and routines to start her day with joy. You will hear her mention maths throughout the episode. That is basically a breakdown of Married at First Sight, which is a TV show that she entered. I actually haven't asked her any questions about the TV show because I just felt her story and her journey was so much bigger than a TV show that she happened to be on. And she has just grown through all of her experiences into one of the most incredible, beautiful women who truly touched my heart and I am beyond inspired by. So I know you're going to love this story so much and see this beautiful soul that Tash is for who she is. And maybe it might be a reflection and a story and a perspective of this new girl stepping into this new identity that the media or perhaps other people haven't yet seen or discovered about her. So I'm really, really grateful that I got to shine a light on this beautiful woman. I have someone really awesome here today that I'm super excited to talk to, have never met before, but totally just connecting through Instagram where you meet all the best people and get to see the real and honesty of Natasha's life. So welcome, Natasha. Thank you for having me, gorgeous. 
I'm so excited. We've just been talking off air a little bit about your whole morning, getting ready for wedding season, all the things that are coming up. So do you want to just start off with telling us a little bit about yourself and also something that you're doing? And I know you talk about self-care a lot and you've been doing a lot of things to increase joy in your life, lots of amazing new boundaries you've been setting. But just to share a couple or even just one really amazing top tip that you basically did to survive the pandemic in Sydney. That brought you joy. Beautiful. So most people will know me from Maths Season 7. Back then, I guess I was 180 degrees from the girl that's talking to you today. Back then, I didn't really have a lot of boundaries. I met Tash, hers on the show, um, and she was the first person that introduced me to journaling. And at the time, I was really struggled and I, I had all these thoughts going in my head. And what I found was journaling is a really beautiful place to sort of, I I compare it to tied up balls of yarn and it just sort of helps you spin it back into like color coordination. And it's funny, sometimes you will sit there and start writing and it's a bit of a struggle and you're not quite sure what you're thinking. And other times you just can't stop, but it helps you really process what you're going through. And I had a lot to process after the show and it wasn't until I really started journaling and trying to figure out like why certain things triggered me so much that, that I guess I sort of started understanding the importance because although we think we have this great perception of ourselves and we understand ourselves, there's things that sometimes we have in our subconscious that journaling just really helps bring out and you're like, oh. Seriously, I agree so much. And even when I'm just sometimes texting a friend and the fact that I can see the words and as I'm writing, I'm literally having revelations as I'm writing. I'm like, I know I'm writing this to you, but I'm actually writing this for myself. And sometimes I even stop, copy and paste it. And I literally go and put it in my notes because I'm like, that was a massive revelation, but it's just something. And I actually prefer pen to paper a hundred percent, but it's just something about seeing the words written in your face while you're thinking about it and you can see it. It's even better when you say it, right? Because then you can like really hear it and goes in your brain but that is amazing so what was your biggest takeaway about journaling in this season like what did that do for you journaling just gave me I stopped doing so I used to do something called future journaling which is by a woman called the holistic psychologist who her work has sort of changed my life she has this great book called how to do the work and it's really more hands-on as opposed to those like self-help books that just give you a brief blurb and then you're like I don't think I've really taken anything from this whereas now like during the pandemic I sort of did gratitude journaling Because it was so hard. Like you get up every day and you're like, oh, I'm stuck inside. I can't see friends. And instead of taking that mindset, I just stopped. I said, what are three things that I am happy about? And just to stop for that one second first thing in the morning when you still got sleep in your eyes and just stop and do three things. And sometimes it was just like I'm healthy or um, Gary's going to cook me breakfast this morning. Like Sometimes it was just like the simplest things just to have that mindset to take on the day it just helps rather than getting out of bed and being like oh I'm stuck here it just helps and would you reduce your screen and phone time before you've done this practice I do not touch my phone before I've done it I turn off my sleep I monitor my sleep so I turn that off I don't look at the news because obviously the news on our phone like as soon as we wake up you start reading about case numbers or all these horrible stories overseas and when I was doing that at the start like there was a time that I actually was crying on the shower floor and my partner had to come pick me up and he's like it's okay we're okay but because that's what you're feeding yourself and you think that you're strong you can take it on this doesn't apply to me but it's 
feeds your mindset and it sets you up on on what you're thinking, the anticipation, raising anxiety that, oh, these are the numbers in America, that's going to happen to us. So when I just don't touch my phone and start that time where I don't watch the news anymore, I used to be like an avid reader of newspapers and I will not touch anything now. So just doing that, it's like media is made, you know, for clickbait. So they're always going to exaggerate things or not tell the full story, which I guess I definitely learned from my time on Married at First Sight. So the best thing that you can really do is just feel how you're feeling. Talk to friends. I was checking in on friends a lot once I got into a better place because when I was like stressing out and I text friends to see how they're going and then they're stressing out as an empath, you take on that. So if I was in a good place, then I could provide support for people and check in on them. So works tenfold. Wow, that is awesome. I relate to that so, so, so much. I have definitely in this season developed very strong like phone and social media boundaries. I also don't like to look at my phone before I've done like my morning practice. Even just having like hours in the day where I just leave my phone at home, not even being tempted to pull it out to take a photo. And we're, we're on like travel mode right now. So there is always a reason to take a photo. And I have a one and a half year old and there's always a reason to video him doing something silly. But man, it makes such a difference. And it, it was so much of a difference to me this morning. It backfired, but then kind of worked. My phone was in the pram. My husband walked off. I had to get something out of the car and I couldn't find him. I was like, literally can't contact each other went up and down Gold Coast Beach for literally half an hour couldn't find him and then I was like oh well this is mum time so I literally went home contacted him on the laptop and I was like I don't have my phone like I'm gonna do a workout I'm gonna hang out in science I got an extra hour and 20 minutes no phone time did a Pilates workout got to listen to music clean the house did the washing I was like I feel so good and I was I literally just didn't have my phone like it was just amazing so how have you developed, and I know there's probably so many layers to this question because you've evolved obviously so much as we all have over the last 10 years, but as particularly in the last two years, I feel like you've had a lot of big revelations and shifts in your life. How have you developed and crafted like your self-care morning? I know you've already mentioned like, don't read the newspaper, cut out the media, do your gratitude, but there's probably so much more to it. Yeah, I just love to hear about it. I think so. In November, I was out partying a lot. In December, I was like, you know what? I want more for myself. And I disappeared to Noosa. And when I started wanting to understand my anxiety, I suffer from generalized anxiety disorder. And I wanted to really stop, you know, just telling people why I was anxious, what had happened to me, and really start doing the work that was going to help. And I find that anxiety is the fear of what's going to happen in the future. And when we stress about what's coming, we actually live that situation twice, once stressing for it and once when it happens. So I really wanted to learn about being in the present. That was a really huge thing that had changed me. And so like you're saying, when you're off your phone, you're sitting there, you're doing the cleaning, you're getting to just focus on the one task that you're doing. And when you do that, your mind's not racing like, oh, okay, well, like what if this happens later and what if that happens later? It just gives you this really beautiful time at the present so like when I get up in the morning after I've done my journaling I might go to the gym gym's great for me to just not have anything but like I'm here to lift the weights focus I'll see some people at the gym now which is always great to have that social interaction and not touch my phone because you're in a class and you can't and then 
nutrition has been a really big one, which I guess I actually didn't understand it because so much of our health is based on our gut health. Really feeding myself and doing things. So I'll have a green juice every morning. I push my coffee back to 10 o'clock, which like normally I'd have to have it as soon as I woke up to function. Otherwise I'd have brain fog, but it just lets your body start up and wake up naturally instead of being in that really heightened caffeinated state. Like every day I will go for a walk just with my partner. We both don't bring our phones and it's just that quality time together, that talking about things and focusing on what's happening Where if I go by myself, it gives me that time to just focus on, you know, if we walk in Centennial Park, we get to look at the animals and the leaves and it's so silly, but taking notice of the present and the beautiful parts of what you're going through instead of using it as this thing to process the future just really is quite calming. Wow. And how have you seen, thanks so much for sharing, that was so good. How have you seen your um, anxiety or the anxiety, hate, hate saying your because then it's like then it becomes part of your identity and who you are the it is outside of you how have you seen then the anxiety that maybe you were experiencing before totally shift through all of these new practices and boundaries and routines yeah it was funny because like I said at the start of lockdown I had uh, a panic attack I was in the shower and I hadn't had a panic attack for a little while and I realized like as much work as I think I've done I probably needed to start doing some more so I started talking to a holistic psychologist who has all the credentials but then lived in Tibet for 20 years so he's got the simple yeah he's amazing so he's got these really simple things and for me at first it was just stopping and doing intentional breathing for 30 seconds and when he's telling me this I'm like come on I need like a fix I'm having panic attacks but so funny because at first he'd say record what you feel and I'd be like oh you know like there was noises so I wasn't really focusing on the breathing all the time and he said just accept that they're there and it's not that you're meant to have this magical thing where you can block out noises but just that you're going to continue breathing even though there's these things happening and it's been like three months since I had a panic attack And I feel like when I get into those heightened states, I just stop, you know, and I do the breathing and I go back to the breathing because that's your base. And if I can slow my heart rate down and just stop sweating and getting all those anxious sort of symptoms, it's it's as simple as 30 seconds of breath. And, you know, I've wasted, I shouldn't say wasted, but I've spent hours and weeks dedicated to normal therapists that have never given what this guy gave me in one session. So just doing all that that basic stuff I and staying present, it's just given me the tools and the equipment that I need to not have these panic attacks. And still sometimes, you know, especially like re-entering into society again after this lockdown, I get a bit of social anxiety, which I think a lot of people are feeling. You know, I think the beautiful part is that extroverts are now getting a bit of insight into what introverts go through. So that's been a lot, but it's just having these great boundaries. And when stuff's getting too much for me, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to do that today. And so really just putting myself first instead of always wanting to, if I had a commitment, I had to make it because I had that people-pleasing thing and I didn't want to disappoint someone. So by having these boundaries where I'm like, I actually don't have the energy to do this properly today, it's just helped me so much because it's given me a respect and a relationship with myself. And when I am ready to do that commitment, I'm putting my best self forward Wow. So beautiful. I love that so much. And I I think it is so profound, but yet we are getting back to the basics, like breathing, 
breath actually makes such a difference and breathing through your nose mm-hmm. continually throughout the day. So you, you often people that breathe through their mouth, they're panting and they don't even realize it. And they're, they're crunching and they're taking these short breaths and they're not actually allowing air to fully flow a hundred percent through the body. I think like 80% of the population breathes through their mouth and they pant and we're always in a heightened flight or fight mode constantly. Like the body never, ever comes down from that. So it's super interesting that if, like if we all just learnt to breathe, how much better would the world be? Right. And that's, you know, when I had like there was a scene on maps where I had a parent's lunch and I had a panic attack after that and I was sitting with Mikey's dad who's a doctor and he goes, you know, you're only breathing into your throat. He goes, sit here with me and just breathe into your stomach. And that was the biggest thing that sort of brought me back to earth after a panic attack. But even the other day I was watching something on intimacy and breathing and how we've sort of all learned about intimacy through porn, right? Like that's our only example. And all the girls have this short breath where they're meant to be, but it's actually not good for us because that's the sort of things we do when we're anxious and scared. So this is why, you know, during intimacy, if you're breathing deeper, it's actually going to be a more enjoyable experience because it's not telling your body that you're preparing for something bad to happen. You're not anxious. So I hadn't really thought about that before, but there you go. Breath can help us in every single part of our life. Wow. And what I'm really curious as well is you said you've kind of had this light bulb moment, this, I don't know, whatever you want, epiphany around November last year where you were just like, I'm kind of sick of this life I'm living. Like, was there like a particular moment or something that really happened that just made you go, you know what, I really just want to create this abundant life for myself. And this means no, 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 no. And yes, 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 yes. I had just gotten into another relationship after maths and it turned mentally violent like he was putting me down a lot doing a lot of things he'd cheated and I'd sort of hung around and then we broke up and so November I was like you know what I'm gonna go out and enjoy myself but it got to the end of November and I had a look and I think there was like one day in the whole month that I hadn't gone out partying and drinking with friends and I was like that's not who I am that doesn't connect with my authentic self and so I went up to Noosa and you know people it is a light bulb moment but we're only human, so we do slip up. So I went out one night and noose with an old friend and I got my drink spiked. And I was like, really? Like, this isn't worth it. Why did I go out? I went for a quick drink. I went to go and leave at 10 o'clock and now I'm sick for 24 hours because some idiot decided to spike my drink. And then Australia Day came around and I didn't want to go to an Australia Day party because that's not that doesn't reflect with me as we call it invasion day so I ended up at a on a boat with friends of mine and they were all partying taking drugs and I was like you know what I go this is I feel out of place and I was lucky that I took a girlfriend that didn't drink and so we had a great time and we were just like swimming in the water getting on the inflatables at the back of the boat and I was like this is me this is where I'm enjoying myself and I just felt that disconnect from the life that I had gone through so quickly, so easily. And it was then that I kind of took control of um, getting my hip fixed. I have a really bad hip. I'm getting surgery next year. And Gary actually came up to sort of take care of me after my cortisone injection. And then it was like a month after that, that we started dating. So it was funny, like when you put these boundaries in place and you start of taking care of yourself and putting yourself first, the universe starts rewarding you. And I really do believe in that self-manifestation of what you put out, you receive. So once 
I had all this good stuff coming out where I didn't want to drink. I was taking care of my health, going to doctor's appointments, finding out what was wrong with my hip, doing yoga. Um, I couldn't run or exercise anymore. So I was like paddling in the water to try and get some exercise for my hip, which is little things. And two months after that, you know, I was engaged. I've got two new businesses that I'm starting. I went back to go and finish my honors degree at uni because I just had all this time, this energy and this good stuff because I wasn't hungover. And I was like, what is important to me? And when I asked that question, I really started like realizing like I'm 28. I want to get married soon. I want to have a business up and running because in the past I've relied on men and relationships and I still wanted financial freedom while having an authentic relationship. So. Oh my gosh. I relate to you on like every single possible level girlfriend. Oh my goodness. Like I stand here today, podcast host, business owner, mom, married, look like I've literally got it all together, but I have come from the most rug rat rebel background. Like, and I actually forget to talk about it sometimes because I'm so past that person, but it really is my story. And I was the girl that was out partying, drinking, drugs, all of that, doing all the wrong things. And it didn't serve me. And there was consequences for that and those consequences don't feel good and as much as it feels amazing in the moment to go out and do all these things and you think all these people actually care about you and they're your friends they literally don't and to this day I say to my husband if we are ever and I, I don't think I ever would but if we're ever in a situation where there is drugs extended partying, bendering, anything, take me home. Because I don't even want to be in that environment where it's like even a reminder of my past, even the temptation. I just don't even want to be around that. And as a result, man, I cut so many people in my life over the last decade and like I just refuse to align or go places and for you, you're like, all I wanted to do on Australia Day was just be in the water and just like have fun, yeah. maybe have a drink, if that, and just like be in the ocean and yeah. like go on a jet ski and like just laugh. And if you are with those people and you're friends with them, no matter what the occasions, they will always find a reason to take it to the next level. That's right. And in the end, you're like, I just want to go to like a beach and tan and hang out and have a picnic and actually talk and hear about your life and share and just so yeah I'm assuming I would love you to share has this been a huge shift you've also like got engaged so that changes your relationship circles big time but together have you really sat down and been like right these are the people we want in our life these are the people coming to our wedding these are all the people we don't want in our future it's so funny like our wedding list has changed three times and because Gary is similar to me comes from the same background and we're both so set on you know now it's not even a challenge like we'll go to friends birthdays and we'll sit there and we'll finish lunch and then they will want to continue drinking and we're like right see you later and for a while it was that question of like well when are you going to have a drink again like is just this and I go no really for me there's no point in having a drink like we had one when we got engaged I felt really sick we came home and I took a nap after we got engaged like most people want to go out and do something fun but I couldn't because I put alcohol back in my body after I'd been sober for two months and I was like what was the point of this you know so for us it's we've lost 75% of friends that used to party because I think they don't know how to be around us. And, you know, especially for Gary, it's really funny because when he was like a big boy, he's lost 60 kilos and 
at the start when he got into the fitness journey, everyone was supporting him, but then he lost all this weight and then he gave up drinking and then he got engaged and people got really intimidated because he's kicking goal after goal after goal. And so people pulled away anyway. And it's, yeah. And it's so funny because I mean, I learned the hard way after maths because we were sitting at women's day one day after I'd done a presentation to them and they said, you know, we've never received more gossip emails about anyone on maths before you like, so I think about how many people in Sydney just had it out for me that they wanted to sell their story about what gossip they had on me. And so for that, I really just cut people off and people are like, Oh, who's in your bridal party? Like two of them I've known for 20 years and the other two I've been best friends with for 15 years. So it's the long-standing friendships. There's a lot of people that I used to party with and go out with that I just don't even speak to anymore. You know, they'll come up once in a blue moon and they're like, hey, are you still sober? I'm like, yep. And that's why I made it really loud the other day when I got to five months sober. But there's no looking back for me. So I don't need those people to check up and check in on me anymore because they're like, just have one more drink. Or just come over and we'll have a small party. We'll wrap it up before 10 o'clock. I go, why? What's the point? What's that going to serve me? I've got to get up in the morning. I've got two businesses to juggle. I've got a man that has walked away from that part of his life. So why would I disrespect him and our relationship by getting something that doesn't measure up with our beliefs and what we want for our future, what we want for our kids? You know, I've got a beautiful PT, Adam Dykes. And he says all the time, like he walked away from drinking because he wanted to show his kids like how much fun you can have sober and set that example. And I just think that's the new normal. You know, we there's so many people that I've spoken to now that I'm sober that are sober and it's becoming less of a common thing because I find with Australian culture, it's like, well, let's have a barbecue. Let's have wine. We go out to dinner. Let's have a wine. We're having our birthday at the pub. Let's have a drink. And there's none of that real push for sober people. So that's where I love things like Lions have the non-alcoholic cocktail range and there's things like that. But there's a lot of places where I'll go out and say, oh, do you have mocktails? And they'll have like one mocktail on the list. You know, so it's still not where it should be. But I definitely think there's this evolving culture because people, people in Australia do have a drinking problem. Like our culture is really heavily ingrained and it's known internationally like we're the party culture. Tasha's story is a story of overcoming and I'm so glad that you have reached this point in the episode and I'm so glad that you're here listening to this because I hope it brings you hope and courage and boldness that you too can overcome any obstacle, whether it was the pandemic or whether it's trauma in your life or whether it's past experiences. Yeah, no matter where you've come from, it's never too hard. You're never too gone. You're never too broken. You're never too lost to find success and love that you so desire and deserve. So please be inspired by this episode. Please leave a review if you have just felt all the feels and so touched so deeply in your heart. Tash is such a beautiful person. And I think through her honesty and vulnerability, she's a permission slip to everybody to know that they too can come out of a really dark season and step into the light and be remembered for the things of their future, not of their past. So let's get back into it. So, so, so true. And while you're sitting here, I'm thinking I've like put together a bunch of questions to ask you and not one of them was about why are you still sober? Like, cause 
no, it's not that I don't care. It's just there's so many more interesting things to ask you and so much more depth of who you are as a person than whether you're going to have a dream. Like it's so insignificant. I mean, I'll cheer you on. I'll support you. I love it. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. there's a million things these people can ask. You're getting married. Where, like where are you getting married? What's your business about? How's your business going? What's happening next? What are you looking forward to in the next five years? Like that's just seven questions and I'm not even your like close <laughs> You know what I mean? I just find it so weird how people get so obsessed with things that actually don't matter and you don't even need to bring it up because it's so evident there's so many other exciting things to ask you about and get in on with you. So how how have you even felt like navigating that in this season? Have you just felt like people just continue to maybe hope or maybe check up, oh, if she sleeps, then we'll have something to talk about or she's not really the real deal or do you think people are just waiting to have something to talk about? People just want to associate with you to the person that you knew and when you start growing, like it's sad because there's a lot of people that I really loved and I was like they were only party friends but to me I thought they were real friends and I found as yeah. I said, hey, like, no, I'm not going to do that, but, like, we can still go out to a lunch or we can still go do something. I'm just not going to drink. And for them, they're like, oh, I can't really relate to that. Like, I'm going to want to have a drink. I'm going to want to go and do something. And, you know, it's so weird because what you're right, like, why do so many people want to have this conversation? Because it's like, is it any different to me asking, do you like mayonnaise? Why don't you like mayonnaise? Did you have a problem with mayonnaise? (laughs) For me, I'm just like, it's just a choice and it doesn't need to be explained, you know, and I still feel weird when we go to restaurants, like straight away they slap down the wine menu and I'm like, oh, like we don't actually drink. What are your mocktails? And they're like, oh, oh. And like, it's almost like, oh, uh, no, we just, we're just losers. We don't drink. Sorry. Like, cause you feel like <laughs> they're not used to it. And I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, you could be pregnant. Yeah. Like people don't drink when they're pregnant. That's why that's when mocktails are a really big thing. Right. When you, I've drank so many mocktails when I was pregnant. Cause I was like, oh, I just want to be able to have something fun. And like, I just still want to be able to have a fruity drink. And I love all the little bits of fruit that's together the cup, because that's actually what makes it really fun is the, the pre of the cup and especially when you're by the beach you're like oh like a like a um like a coconut pineapple smoothie or like that's why everyone loves smoothie bowls let's be honest Barry the other day we're out somewhere and they had these amazing cocktails I go you know what I just want a cocktail so I can get the pretty picture with the big palm like (laughs) because it is it's beautiful it's lavish it's colorful it's exuberant it just it feels special rather than just your everyday cup at home so I totally, I totally feel you. I totally get that. And for my own experience in the tra- transition of leaving behind the old identity and the old view that people had of me, that could be transitioning into business owner, transitioning into, I went to college and that was like quite spiritual. So that was a big transition. People were watching me do that, leaving this old life I had. There was this period of time, for, and I don't know if you're kind of feeling this this last year, where I just had to keep pushing out the noise and keep showing up as my authentic self until people started to believe this was the new me and stop waiting that this old me was going to like regress or come back and I was just faking it for this period of time. And I think that's with anything, even with business, in my own business, when I've been sharing over the last six years, people can't argue that I'm just sharing something because it's a fad. They know I've literally been talking about the same natural living, the same low-tox life for six years. I have that 
integrity and trust when I first started. Everyone's just waiting for me. I shall get over it. It's just a fad. Is that even serious? Is this the next thing? And I was like, this is actually serious. Like, I really want to reduce chemicals in my life. Like, yeah. have you felt like that there's still such a big group of people watching in that haven't really accepted the fact that you've evolved and transformed into this new woman who's actually going to become a wife very soon totally and people even said like oh well what about the wedding like surely you'll drink at your wedding like people are like come on like it's a celebration and I'm like I'm like well judging on when I got engaged and I drank because I was like oh it's an engagement like I'm gonna drink and I got sick and went home and naps like I don't want to be pulling out of my wedding because I feel sick and going have a nap and that's not me like why on one of the most important days of my life am I not going to show up as my authentic self to get married to this man that knows all my flaws, all of my desires for the future that don't revolve around alcohol and a partying lifetime. Why am I going to show up as an old me that pushed him away when he was chasing me? Why would I do that on a day where we're celebrating our relationship? And, you know, people need to understand that it's lonely. Like today I went to my wedding dress fitting and my mum's in Queensland and there wasn't many girls that I could have asked to come with me and on top of that the ones I could ask were at work and I didn't want to you know inconvenience them and my friends that don't work a nine to five aren't the friends that I'm inviting to my wedding because they're living different lifestyles so I showed up to my wedding appointment today alone but in that I was quite empowered because it was really up to me to redesign this wedding dress that was last minute and I wasn't influenced by anyone else's thought process So it was actually a very empowering thing for me to do. But at first it was quite daunting because in my head you should just have someone there with you. But then you show up and you get to be it all by yourself. And so I made this decision and I came home and Gary was like, are you sure you're okay with this redesign? And I'm like, yeah, actually I am because it was my decision and my train of thought. And uh, yeah, it was actually a really empowering thing this morning. Wow, I love that. And it's so true. Even though you're, they're your best friends and you love them so much, they might be like, uh, even a facial expression, even a, a not answering is like, oh, you know, it makes you kind of like wonder and question and think. And that's on anything in life. Um, so I totally, I totally get that. And so that's been like the last year where I feel like you've had another level of evolving but really a big transformation took place for you. Like, was it a year and a half ago now, over a year and a half ago now where you had that real moment on and you shared about it quite openly on your social media where you were like, do I actually want to be here anymore? Like, what is this life? Like, why am I not happy? Like you had this big moment and that was like really the start of this kind of self-development journey. Can you take us back even to then and how that was for you and yeah, how far you can look back now and be so proud of the person that you've become. Totally. So I guess I went on to maths wanting to get away from the finance job that I had and I really thought like maths was going to be this evolution for me and then I got there and it wasn't what I wanted and then I came off the show and there was all this fallout and there was so much like bitchiness and just things that I wouldn't normally put myself into that situation and then because I was really losing the plot at the time, I um, went heavily back to rely on people that I was always around, but they were my party friends. So they were like, hey, listen, like if you're not going to be like fun dancing party tash, like, you know, don't really bring down where we're at. And then so I threw myself into partying quite heavily and then I was having problems with my parents because obviously they're sitting there being like, 
who is this out of control child and then I couldn't lean back on my family either. So I felt really isolated and alone and I had a big fight with my father and during the fight I went to throw myself off a balcony and neighbours had heard us fighting so people witnessed it um, and I got taken into hospital on an involuntary hold and it's something I can talk about now but obviously when it happened it was quite a shaking experience and it was very isolating but isolating that I wasn't ready for it. It wasn't an empowering isolated like I just talked about. It was really sad, really alone and I felt like I was in this dark place with no way out and it was really me having to try and make decisions of like one step at a time, you know. So I was like what is going to make me feel better and that was no more partying. So I went sober for the first time and then I was back in this good place and then, of course, because I was back in the good place, all my party friends came back and thought, great, she's back, and it took me back into this bad place. So it was this big yo-yo juggling thing and I think that's why in December I was really like, well, hold on, you tried to take your life, like that's really serious and now you're repeating patterns to go back to that place for what? So that's why I had to literally pull myself out of Sydney and go to Noosa. And even up there, there was so much temptation. You know, on um, New Year's Day, I had all these invites to come back to Sydney and they were like, let's go out. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like leave my car and my dog here and I'll fly down to Sydney and I'll party for the day and I'll come home. And then I was like, wait, what? I go, wake up to yourself, stay here where you're safe and where you're healing. You're not ready to put yourself back in that environment because I wasn't strong enough to say no. You know, and that's really been the test. And now I'm in this great place where I'm like, no, I don't drink. And that's me now. It's not me trying to give up drinking. That's just not who I am. So it's it's this self-trust that I now have built with myself and these boundaries that I have that I could go out into those situations and say no, but at the same time, why would I even want to sit in those groups? Like what conversations are you having that helping me towards this business that I'm establishing? You know, what happens if Gary and I have a fight and I need to rely on someone? They're probably not going to be there for the authentic reasons. They'll say, oh, we'll break up with Gary because they know that he's someone that's keeping me sober. So for me, it's just different. It's a totally different person. And I think I'm grateful in a way that I hit rock bottom, you know, and sometimes people say to me, oh, well, you know, at least you didn't hit rock bottom. But for me, at what type stage do you say is rock bottom more than wanting to end your life. You know, that for me is crazy. And it wasn't just the thoughts. It was the actual attempt to do it. So I'm just really lucky that I had the option to go somewhere else and remove myself from that situation. And I just think there's so much at the moment where people can get help to get out of those situations. You know, I know especially for domestic violence victims, they've just started a new $5,000 payment if you leave in emergency situations and it's not much but there's there's sort of an evolving nature at the moment of the world that we are starting to realise that people need help. Not everyone is strong enough to get up and leave the situation where it is even if it's detrimental to them. So it takes a lot and I'm really lucky that I had the strength to leave and that I had the strength to stay where I was so much strength so much resilience so much perseverance and so much willpower to fight against old patterns old programming 
old ways, old comforts. Like it's easy to go back to that life in a lot of ways. It's harder to fight against it. It's harder to do good sometimes and the right thing. It's easy just to fall back into those things. You just walk in, it's all the same people, it's all the same comforts, all the same vibe. It's just all the same. You're in the unknown when you try to start changing and you don't know. And, you know, I think now like it's even hard, like when I fail and I'm sober and when I'm this person, I'm showing up as my authentic self. If something doesn't happen, it's more personal and it's a harder hit. But instead of having these chemical imbalances in my brain where I think it's the end of the world, I'm like, right, let's pivot. What's this trying to teach me? Why is this roadblock here? And sometimes it'll give you a lesson, but sometimes if it's really the wrong thing, the universe just says no and it'll give you something better down the track. And that's such an important lesson, but it's also so hard to let go and have have faith in that the universe is going to deliver because when you come from this path where things have let you down, it's hard to realize that showing up as your authentic self and putting out your best, those vibrations are going to bring you good things. You know, it's hard to give that faith, but so far so good. (laughs) Absolutely. And when you do good things and you spend time with good people and you spend time with people that are ahead of you on the journey that you book up to rather than comparison or jealousy, and you're just pure wide eyed inspired you then get to really glean, and I'm sure you're doing this with launching new business because launching new business is wild and you need people that have been doing business for a while around you that have done all the mistakes and share all the things with you. So I just think that's incredible and your life does absolutely shift when you cut out the things that just don't serve you. And it's very easy and clear to know what serves you and what doesn't. Either makes you feel really good or it makes you feel really crap. It either takes you forward in life. And I just think that's really incredible. So how do you feel from what has been, it sounds like the most crazy 24 months, like literally going, feeling like you've just hit the absolute rock bottom, come back up, feel like you're starting to get things basically plateau again, dip again, feel like you're falling into temptation again, and then just absolutely hit this, I am done with this shit from this point on. I am a new person. How have you felt all of that life experience? Because, like, nothing is ever wasted. Like, you're going to propel all of that life experience into loving people, helping people, empathising with people. You're already sharing so much about it across your socials. You're just really um, an ambassador and awareness for mental health and self-care, self-love. How have you felt like all of that has just actually really created quite a lot of your purpose in life and a reason to wake up in the morning and you've actually put all of that probably energy now into your new businesses, which, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, It feels incredible. Even when we're talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps. So the new businesses, as you said, a lot of work, but I think – Gary is Indigenous, so being around that, I'm learning more lessons towards things like how much Indigenous people really sort of need more awareness in the community. And I find it quite funny how your perspective of who you are now, like sometimes I forget, like you said, I sometimes just forget to share where I've come from. And I am kind of conscious that sometimes I preach. And that's why I did the sobriety post recently because People need to understand I'm not preaching this stuff out of thinking that I'm above someone. I live both lives and I've lived both two extremes and I just have found so much giving in the life that I have that if I can spare people getting to where I was, 
like I, that's the greatest gift that I can give to someone. I have inboxes from people that say, hey, I was going to take my life the other day, but I read your post and it made me reflect. And that's happened to me like eight, nine times. And I can't put into words how grateful I am for that. So with Gary being Indigenous, I sort of see a lot of his family and the struggles and the intergenerational trauma. And I'm really trying to learn more about that. And it's sort of what's planned for us in the future is that I am starting stuff with native Australian foods, but infused for sort of mums and babies. So stay tuned. I just repeat it. So it's coming. Um, but I am starting a domestic violence shelter for women in Ballina, um, for Indigenous women. So I'll have them pack the boxes of the native food so it'll give them some financial freedom. So I guess taking what my experience was and for a long time I think I had that self-pity thing where I was like, would you know what's happened to me? Like this is why the way I am. Instead of just preaching about where I was, where I've been and the self-pity thing, I'm trying to help people. But although like a, a domestic violence shelter is something that helps people in that situation, it would be so great to start helping people before they need that emergency shelter. So I want to try to do things as a preventative, not just as an antidote. Yeah, proactive, not reactive. Absolutely. We don't just want more Band-Aids. We actually want to really meet people where they're at and basically you want to help break down the system. It's a system. It's a programming. It's like it's from the top. I totally get that. I'm actually so excited that you're doing that in Ballina. I will have to tell you off air, we have amazing friends in Byron and they are just so passionate about all this sort of work and get food banks from the Gold Coast to bring it back, like for homelessness and just really cool people that you might want to connect with. Um, Yeah, I really, really love what you're doing and I think it's just a testimony like for people that are listening and I just hope that Tash can be a beacon of hope for anyone listening that like no one is ever too far gone. No one is ever broken and can't be fixed. No one is ever too hard for whatever you want to say, source, universe, God, to be transformed, healed, and taken forward towards the real reason you were actually created and you have a huge heart for people. And I don't think that's just happened because of your experience. I think you were always born to love people and probably have always been a high empath and had a passion for womanhood and femininity. And just, yeah, I think your experience has probably just emphasize that on a level where you're like no one will ever be able to zip my mouth or ever stop me sharing or ever disempower me now because you're at that place now you've actually lifted so far above it that words won't get you down like friends not being your friends anymore won't stop you like your mission is so strong and your why is so deep and I, I truly believe you'll be you'll be a beacon of hope and inspiration for people. And you just happen to also have a platform, which means you do get coverage across a lot of people. And I just think it's so beautiful to see you using that in such a powerful way. And I, I don't believe it's going to stop. It's only going to keep evolving. And yeah, you should be so proud of yourself, honestly. Like, goosebumps, warm and tingly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so inspired and I love, I'm all about transformation and I think it takes absolute guts and boldness to walk away from the life you've walked away from, even with added pressures of media and opinions and things written in newspapers and all of that. Like I've had people be mean to me, but I've never had anything publicly. 
And I just think it's really courageous and it's a permission slip to every single woman out there that, and I'm saying this respectfully, Tasha's just an everyday gal, literally just an everyday gal that has just said yes to her future. And if you can do it, anyone else can do it. Um, So yeah, what's some parting words of deep inspiration, anything that's come from your journal lately that you can just inspire anyone that maybe is feeling really down in the dumps and hopeless and just like, am I ever going to not like feel like this again? I've just got to say that what you're feeling is totally valid. You need to learn to validate your emotions. I think for a long time, I wasn't listening to what I was actually feeling. And when I started to unravel it, like there has been a lot of shadow work, a lot of tears as I realized how much I didn't listen to myself. So listen to what you're feeling. And if you are in that dark place and you're like, I don't want this anymore. If you are having suicidal thoughts, think about if it actually is that you want it to end or if you just want to stop living the way that you're living and think about what you want that's better for yourself. And it's going to be hard. My inbox is always open if you want some steps, but start to build that relationship with yourself because no one is more deserving of the love you give than yourself. Oh, it's just beautiful. Thank you so much. I I don't always get to hear what everyone's thinking. Like they don't always write it. I often get them later, but I really believe, and you'll probably get your inbox full of people that really just needed to listen to this podcast today. So thank you so much, Tash. I'm so excited for you to get married and start this new life with Gary and just, yeah, be really blessed and abundant. Thank you so much for today. So nice to connect with you, gorgeous. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bell and Beyond. Mama, I know you're so busy and your time is precious. So I hope today's episode has left you feeling more empowered around your choices and that your voice matters. If you have loved this week's episode, make sure you subscribe and get all the weekly updates. It would also be so awesome if you could leave a five-star review for this independently run podcast produced by this mama herself. And if you've had all the feels today and a mum's popped into your mind, jump over, send her a DM or share it on your stories. That would be the absolute best. If you have any questions at all, connect with me over on my Instagram at bellyandbeyond underscore and let's write or rewrite your story of motherhood together. 